You are listening to a podcast from Influence Church. We hope it encourages and empowers you to make a difference in your world for the kingdom of God. For any more information, visit our website, influencechurch.co.uk. Enjoy the message. Amen. Well, I have a simple word this morning that I know will encourage anyone who needs it. Um, The most popular psalm, possibly by consensus or just tradition, in the Bible would be Psalm 23. The first phrase of that psalm, to me, is the most important part of the entire psalm. And you know what it says even before it gets on the screen. It starts with... A lot of you knew that, which I'm really impressed. The Lord is my shepherd. Everyone say, the Lord is my shepherd. Now, you can say that with very little conviction if that's not the truth. And that statement alone is loaded. It is weighted with such promise, such guarantee, such assurance, such comfort. The Lord is my shepherd. You know, the Lord... Yes, as we just heard, was and is to come, but right now he is. He moved in the 80s. He did amazing things in the 90s. Incredible things happened hundreds of years ago, and yet I believe that God will do things again in the future, but can you say today he is? Not was your shepherd, not one day will be your shepherd. Can you right now bring it into the present tense and acknowledge that right in this season that you're in, he is your shepherd? And not only is he present, he's personal. The Lord is my shepherd. He's somebody else's shepherd. He's pastor so-and-so's shepherd. He's that leader's shepherd. He's that Christian shepherd. But I want you to be able to leave today declaring the Lord present is personal my shepherd. He's not removed. He's not in another time zone. And he's not for another person. The Lord is my shepherd. If you can absolutely know that, it will change the rest of the way you read the psalm and the rest of the way you live your life. Let's look at Psalm 23. Let's read it. Some of you might not even need it on the screen because you're that deep in the word. But for those of us who are rookies, it's on the screen. The Lord is my shepherd. In fact, why don't we read it together in nice British harmony? Because I've heard that the, the level of unison and just it's just another level here. So from the balcony to the floor... Show the Southern Hemisphere how it's done. And let's read Psalm 23 with one voice. Do your best. Here we go. One, two, three. <laughs> don't give don't be hard on them. Go faster. <laughs> he leads me in the paths of righteousness. Yea, though I walk. I will fear, for you are with me. They comfort me. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Give yourselves a big hand. That was brilliant. 
if you've ever been to marriage counseling, they would have told you, they should have told you, I apologize if they didn't, avoid a couple of triggering words. One of those words is never, and the other word is always. If you can avoid never and always, they're triggering words because nothing is that absolute in life, including marriage. And so when you're fighting with your spouse, fight clean. Don't fight using trigger words like never and always. You never pick up the towel from the floor. You know, you had me, but no, what's true is I rarely pick up the towel from the floor, but not never. And because you said never, you've lost me. You had validity to the point that I should pick up the towel more often, but because of your overuse of the word never, I have now lost my ability to hear what you have to say, even though you had a point. It's a triggering word. You always have a bad attitude when you visit my parents. No, most of the time I have a bad attitude when I visit your parents. But I don't always have, it's just, you know, yeah, you, you could have changed my mind, but you said I always, just avoid always and never. It's generally gonna not help you make the point you're trying to make. That was free. But when you read Psalm 23, I wanna give you four absolutes. You can say never and always with what I'm about to tell you because you're not arguing with your spouse. This is a guarantee, a promise, a, a God who fails not. We sang it. He won't fail. He never has and he never will. So while we can't say never and always in the context of relationships in a broken world, there are some things you can take to the bank when it comes to God. And I wanna give you some absolutes that we just read because the Lord is your shepherd. Now these are only absolutes you can stand on if the Lord is your shepherd. I have entitled this message because this shepherd is a good God, a limitless God, an eternal God. He's a good shepherd. He's a great shepherd. He's a loving shepherd. He's not just a, a leader cosmically out there somewhere. He's personal. He's intimate. He's involved. I grew up in a church where it was very orthodox and conservative. Nothing wrong with that. But my perception of God was that he was distant and foreign. He was powerful probably, but he was sovereign probably. And he was one day I'd have to meet him and deal with him. Then I went to this church where they didn't look like a church. It was like these happy, clappy people who didn't, the, the priest didn't have the right clothes on. And it was a badminton court. wasn't, where were the steeples? And, and, but I was a 10-year-old kid sitting there and listening. And yet the, the, something about the pastor was different because he talked about God like he knew him. I thought, how can you know God? And he, he said he talked to God and God talked back to him. And I'm like, and it set off a desire in me to know God. I didn't know God could be known. I figured one day you'd meet him and you'd just work it out. But I didn't know you could know God. This, you could have it, I didn't know God was intimate with your life and involved in your life. And a lot of people keep God at a distance because of the way they see him. And, and it set off a burning desire to know him. I had no desire to work for him. Just wanted to know him. And one thing led to another. But the Lord is my shepherd should bring you great peace, great comfort, great assurance that he's not a distant, aggressive, just far removed. He's personal, he's intimate, he's involved. Which is why today the title of my message is Give the Shepherd His Job Back. Give the Shepherd His Job Back. Well, what do you mean by that? He's not unemployed. God is not unemployed. However, we tend to take the role of shepherd in our own life. 
and carry the stress, the anxiety, the fear, the worry, when he is our shepherd. He is supposed to do the heavy lifting. He's supposed to do the, the leading, the directing, the guiding. And if the Lord is my shepherd, why am I trying to be the shepherd? Give the shepherd his job back. It's a, it's, in fact, it's one of the things I tell myself. You know, people ask me in different pastors' roundtables or different settings I go to, how do you, you know, this many countries and this many staff and people, blah, blah, blah. And I go, I sleep pretty well at night. The insinuation was it should stress me. But every night I just give the shepherd his job back. He let me have a role and I do what I do. But honestly, every now and then I have to remind myself, things get a little heavy, I got to give the shepherd his job back. He never lost it. I just took it from him. He goes, I am your shepherd. Look at the person you like more and say, give the shepherd his job back. Give the shepherd his job back. Give the shepherd his job back. We'll make a good rap one day for someone. Give the shepherd his job back. You're like, but I don't think I stole it. Well, let me give you a couple of absolutes. You can say never and always to this for a fact. Number one, if the Lord is your shepherd, you're never lost. You're never lost. If the Lord is your shepherd, you're never lost. Now, you might not know where exactly you are, but that doesn't mean you're lost. Because if the Lord is your shepherd, Jesus said, follow me. And you're like, where are we going? Just follow me. The reason you're never lost is because if the Lord is your shepherd, he's not lost, so you're not lost. If I were to get in the car and drive and follow Pastor Ben all the way to the airport in Newcastle today, it is a stress-free journey if I'm following him. But if I have to work out my own way how to get there, the anxiety, the stress that comes from leading my own way and driving my own car is a whole nother level. You know, when it comes to where you are in life and where you're going and the direction you're taking, you might go, man, I don't know where I am right now. But if you're following the Lord, you're not lost. In fact, you're never lost. Following God is less about where you're going and more about who you're following because who you're following knows where he's going and because he knows where he's going, you can enjoy the peace, the stress-free joy of following. So you are never lost. Even if people ask you, so what exactly are you doing with your life right now? You can with peace go, following God. You're so lost. No, I'm not. I have a shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I remember I was in Auckland and I was um, trying to drive one day. It's not, it's not a place I live in. We have a church there, so I visit. And we hired a car and the fog was the worst in Auckland's history. And I had to drive through the fog about an hour's drive from the airport to where we were going. I had a GPS that was in the car, but you know, it was new enough to have GPS, but old enough to be outdated. And so it wasn't really helpful. And I could barely see five meters in front of me. So when GPS said in 20 meters, please turn left. I'm like, I can't even see five meters. I was genuinely lost. The stress that that one hour took out of my life is the reason I have now got a lot of gray hair and a lot of extra kilos. I'm still in recovery from that hour. And yet if I was sitting in a car following someone else all the way home, the same journey in the same city on the same roads and the same, it would be totally different. That's why some believers live through life with such anxiety. Do you know what the word anxious literally means? 
the word anxious means to have a divided mind. To have a divided mind simply means you have two shepherds. There's a part of me at peace because God's in charge. And there's a part of me that I insist on driving this car. I insist on navigating my own way. And I'm not abdicating my responsibility, nor am I advocating we shouldn't care about how we live our life. But there is a peace that we should have. There's a comfort. There's a, there's a verse in there we read. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now, I want to tell you something about the rod of the shepherd. It's not comfortable. It's not because it's got a cushion tip on the edge. It's got felt. It's like, oh, man, this is so comfortable. Your rod and your staff, they're comforting me. That's not what it means. It means I'm comforted by the fact that when I go off, this is what the shepherd did with his rod and his staff. The sheep would go off. He'd take the rod and the staff and pull the sheep back on track. If the sheep would try to wander off. So I, this is what the psalmist is saying. I am comforted that I'm never lost if the Lord is truly my shepherd. Maybe you feel like, Man, my kids are away from God. Don't know how this is going to work out in terms of my health or my work or my stage of life or where, what's next. Do you know, you don't declare I'm never lost and just by road go, I'm never lost, I'm never lost, I'm never lost and talk yourself into some sense of peace. You actually have to experience the peace of God. And today I believe God wants to give his peace to people who actually feel lost. But the key is not an encounter that is so overwhelming it starts with just giving the shepherd his job back. Say, God, you are my leader. You're my direction. You're my peace. And if you lead me, I'll get to where I'm supposed to get. I don't know how I'm going to get there, but I'm not lost because I know who I'm following and who I'm following is not lost. Give the shepherd his job back. Everyone say, I'm never lost. You're, you're allowed to use the word never for that. Here's, here's the second guarantee. I'm never lonely. If the Lord is my shepherd, you can say, I'm never lonely. Look at the person you rejected before. Say, I'm never lonely. I'm never lonely. Now, you might feel lonely, but you're not alone. Because he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. In fact, look at some of the phrases we read in the psalm. He leads me by the paths of righteousness. That means he's there. He leads me, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? You are with me. I'm not lonely, even in the valley of the shadow of death. In the presence of my enemies, he says, let's sit around. Let's have a meal. I'm not alone. One day I dwell in the house of the Lord forever through the entire psalm. And the psalm is no picnic. There's peaceful waters and there's some nice times and it ends with the house of the Lord. But there's the valley of the shadow of death and there's the enemies. Life is like Psalm 23. But the one constant is you are never lonely because the Lord is your shepherd. The only time you start to feel alone is when you've walked away. He's never left you. He's never left you. You might have made decisions that took you in a different path, but he's never left you. And you know, sometimes I feel like one of the temptations we have is we can glorify the uniquenesses of our journey and make it like nobody understands me that's good for him to say that but where I've been what I've been through what I've seen what I've lived through they don't understand pastor doesn't understand that person my spouse doesn't understand what I'm really going through and and it's true all of us is different all of us have a unique journey but the problem is when you magnify the unique part see we're 99% the same 1% different 
And when we take the 1% different and make it the 99%, we actually are now drifting down the road of the same route that leads to the mindset that I'm always alone. I'm so unique. Nobody knows me. Nobody cares for me. Nobody will ever understand what I go through. It's almost like a pity moment that you end up in because you started out by talking about how hard your life is when you're never alone because the Lord is your shepherd. If the Lord is truly your shepherd, you might feel lonely, but you're not lonely because you're not alone. I remember growing up, my mom used to sing this song. I don't know who wrote it, but I am genuinely uh, disturbed by the state of mind of the writer of this song. Some of you may know it, and she used to sing it periodically. I don't think she was depressed, but I think she sang it. Uh, I don't know why she sang it. I think when she was a kid, she sang it. It goes like this. I'm nobody's child. Anyone heard that song? I'm nobody's child. I'm no. I'm no, you know the song, nobody's child, just like a flower, I'm growing wild, no mummy's kisses, and no daddy's smile, just like a flower, I'm nobody's child. She would sing it, I'd go, I know your mother and I know your father. Why are you singing this depressing song? That is a lie from the pit of hell. Nobody is nobody's child. You all came from somewhere. Because what can happen after a while, we can magnify the uniquenesses of our loneliness. But I, I want to tell you, even if you're living by yourself, you're not alone. You might be widowed, you might be divorced, you might be in a space or a state where you feel completely isolated. But if ever we learned anything through COVID, it was even isolation couldn't kill the church. You're still here. We're still here. And you know, the antidote to saying I'm never lonely is to become conscious of God's presence. The one constant in my life through the entirety of my life is God. My countries have changed. My profession has changed. My preferences on so many things have changed. My every season of life, my circle of friends has changed. My status in life is everything has changed. But the one thing that hasn't changed is God. And no matter what happens over the next 20, 30, 40 years, the one constant will still be God. Give the shepherd his job back and trade in your loneliness for the absolute beautiful presence of God so that you know you are never alone. You are somebody's child. You belong to God. He loves you. He cares about you. He knows you by name. So you can say with confidence, I'm never lonely. With absolute assurance. I'm never lost and I'm never lonely. Give the shepherd his job back. You know, if you're feeling lonely, here's the, here's the antidote. Give the shepherd his job back. Say, God, I'm sorry that I just, I took, you know, lead, they say it's an expression. It's a, it's a leadership expression. Leadership is lonely. Well, give the shepherd his job back. Let Jesus deal with the loneliness. And you get behind him and go, thank you, Lord. Even, you know, never follow a leader who won't follow. Because we're all shepherds with the greater shepherd. You might be the head of your household, head of your business. You might be the leader of an entity or a group or a ministry or a church. But all of us, when, we, when it's all said and done, we have a shepherd. So no matter how lonely, when people go, oh, it's lonely at the top, who said you're on the top? <laughs> Give the shepherd his job back and it's not so lonely anymore. Yep. 
Anyway, here's the third guarantee. Everyone say, I'm never lost. Come on with the, listen, don't make me wish I was in Penrith. Say, I'm never lost. I'm never lonely. Number three, I'm never late. That's it. I'm never late. Yeah, you, yeah, that's it. Now, let me just clarify disclaimer up front. Some of you like, I've been waiting for the preacher to say this, to justify when I walk in 20 minutes after the service starts. He said last week, I'm never late. I'm declaring I am never late. That's not, I'm not talking about your punctuality. Yeah. But I'd better clarify before people misuse the number of times you get quoted and requoted and misquoted. It's beautiful. Um, I'm never late is not speaking about your timing when it comes to how well you run your schedule. I'm never late is talking about seasons in your life. I was single till I was 32. I wanted to be married at 22. I had all these plans. And I was fine specimen at 22. Trust me, I was a lot slimmer. I was a lot darker hair. I was great. But for some reason, I didn't get married. But you know what? The delays in your life are not lateness if the Lord is your shepherd. If the Lord is your shepherd, there's purpose in the wilderness. If the Lord is your shepherd, there's meaning in your delay. If the Lord is your shepherd, you can absolutely declare, I'm never late. The problem is we compare ourselves with everyone else, compared to what they're doing, compared to what their kids are doing, compared to what they're, and and we compare and we see our sense of lateness based on how everyone else is going in their life. But if the Lord is your shepherd, you're never late. You'll get to where you're meant to be, you're meant to get there and you know when you start to see that when you actually believe I'm never late because the Lord is my shepherd you start to see disappointment differently you start to see rejection as protection they didn't reject me God protected me closed doors are not rejection it's God redirecting me down another path now you can make anything sound good I understand that But when you fundamentally believe that you have a shepherd and you say, God, I give you the job of leading me. I give you the job of leading me. I trust you. How many of us recognize that if we got everything we wanted, we may have ended up somewhere completely different and not for the better. There's something about just trusting God. You know, the pandemic messed up everybody's plans. We're we're building buildings all over the world, three, four, five, six projects at a time. And yet somehow things get delayed. Some things happen fast. Some things happen slow. I've just learned to go, you know what? I'm not going to compete. I'm not going to compare. I'm just going to say, Lord, you are the shepherd. You're the shepherd in this country. You're the shepherd in this country. You know the government. You know the people. You know the strength. I'm just going to trust you. It is so much more comforting to not feel that sense of hurriedness and rush when the Lord is your shepherd. Do you know, nowhere in the Bible does it say that Jesus ran. After these things, the Lord bolteth. He tooketh off and he just uh, ran. It doesn't say that ever. It's one of the reasons I don't believe in running. But the other reason is, the other reason is, you know, Jesus just had his own pace. I'm going to heal a sick girl, sick man's daughter. Some lady touches my garment. Okay, yeah, let's hear it. All right, that took a while. All right, let's keep going. Lazarus died. Oh, I'll just be here for another couple more days and I'll, I'll, I'll get there. No, nowhere. Now think about this. If Jesus never ran and you're following him and you're feeling hurried and rushed, who are you following? If you're following him who never 
was rushed. What are you trying to hurry through which season in your life? If only I was this by this. If only I was healed by now. If only I was, the kids had sorted. If only I got the visa. If only I had this job. If only this had happened. You know what Jesus says? Lord, you know, relax, son, daughter. But God, get me out of this season. It's my enemies. He goes, listen, relax. I have a table here. Sit down. But Lord, get me out of this season. Lord, you said no weapon. You said, Lord, the mountains. We, we start quoting scriptures against the shepherd because we really want our time. And he goes, sit down. I'm like, but Lord, it's the enemies. I'd rather sit in the presence of my friends. He goes, I'm the shepherd. You're not going to be late. Yeah, but Lord, my destiny is waiting on the other side of that prophecy, other side of that impartation, the other side of that thing. No, the Lord is my shepherd. I'm going to keep walking at the pace that he's leading. He was a rabbi in the new. He's a shepherd in the old. And whether you're a student or a sheep, we get the privilege of following. We get the privilege of saying, God, I thank you that I'm not late. Well, who am I competing with? Who am I running against? Lord, if you're my shepherd and you're going for a nice stroll, that's the pace I'm walking. And all the people who loved walking said, give the shepherd his job back. You know, when you look in hindsight of your life, you'll go, man, I can see why God did that. I can see why God led me through that. I can see why that was held off. I can see why I didn't make it in time. Thank God he didn't give me what I wanted when I wanted it, or it would not have, it would have killed me. And some of us have, see this, I'm not talking about hindsight. Some of us are in the season now where we would like things resolved. And I believe every service in our church, everywhere we have church, we always have the altar, the front of the, the carpet open. People want to come to the front. We pray for miracles. We pray for God to change things. We pray for God to move stuff. We pray because we're not called to entertain the, the circumstances we're in. We're called to shift them. We're called to change them. We're called to break them. But fundamentally underneath all of that, the Lord is my shepherd. So I'm never lost. I'm never lonely. And I'm never late. I will get there because he's not abandoned me and he's going to see me all the way through. Can I hear an amen? amen? Amen. Give the shepherd his job back. Give the shepherd his job back. Father, I don't know why this hasn't happened, but I'm just going to trust you. You know, when I was born, I was, I was born six weeks premature. Mum contracted severe German measles when she was pregnant. And all the advice she got at the time in Singapore was to have an abortion. And only she knows how close she came because every year at my birthday, she'd start crying. I'm like, what's wrong with you? Why are you crying? She didn't tell me the full story till I was 30. I knew that when I was born, there were lots of complications. I had two full blood transfusions. I was in and out of hospital for the first year and a half. It was just an uh, epic time. But at the end of the day, uh, everything turned out relatively normal. <laughs> the, uh, in fact, the, the, the prognosis was based on how severe the issue she had was. The, the doctor said, best case, this child will be severely handicapped. Like cerebral palsy, and, or worse, um, most likely, if, if everything goes really well, blind and deaf. And so the advice she got was around, oh, but how am I going to do this? And she was, she was a Christian, and so she had a conviction around life, but at the same time, only she knows how close, because every year, I got, as I got older, she started to recognize she, didn't, she almost didn't just terminate life, she terminated purpose. And, and, and she said, God, I'm going to need your strength to raise this child. 
whichever, whatever, however he comes out. I believe God has a purpose for everyone, including any special needs child, anybody with a disability, anybody on any, on any, God has a plan and a purpose. And if you're a parent with a child like that here, he's your shepherd. Give him his job back. Give him his job back. He'll carry you through every delay. But I didn't feel what she felt. And, and, and here's what was crazy. I grew up very introverted and insecure because even though I was good with studies and I was good with sports and I was good with music, I had this major insecurity because of a tremor in my hand. It was the only byproduct of the entire thing. And my hand's like, you know, you want to laugh? Watch me thread a needle. My grandma wanted me to be a doctor. I said, I can't, I'd stab people in the wrong place. And you know, and yet, you know, for me, that was a, a big thing, even though on the scale of what could have been, it was nothing. And yet, I would come forward for prayer every week. Heal my hands, Lord. Till today, I still have it, but it hasn't stopped what God has wanted to do. I want to tell you that even though you might not have the prayer answered the way you want, don't see yourself as late to your destiny. Just give the shepherd his job back and say, I trust you in every season, I trust you. Number four, lastly, everyone say, I'm never late. I'm never lonely. I'll, what was the other one? I'm never lost. <laughs> Number four, last one, I'll never lack. The Lord is my shepherd. What's the next phrase? I shall not want. In fact, you read the scripture and none of it sounds like lack. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. That doesn't sound like lack. Goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. That does not sound like lack. There's a, you, I will never lack does not mean you'll be excessively rich, but it does mean if the Lord is your shepherd, he is your provider. The same God that provides you peace so you're not lost and presence so you're not lonely and the same God that provides you purpose so you don't feel late is the same God who'll give you provision so you'll never lack. You need to understand that God is guiding you and if he's your shepherd, I love the stories of people who, from the early days in missions who said they heard a knock on the door and groceries would turn up when they had nothing to feed their kids. And yet there are other stories where, you know what, people are being blessed with contracts and jobs and, and provision. It doesn't matter where on the scale you fit compared to the world's population. We're all here blessed. That's the fact. But you can declare if the Lord is your shepherd, you'll never lack. I, I remember the first time I, spoke, I, spoke, I spent time with a genuine billionaire. I mean, I've met rich people, but this guy was on another scale. He had a couple of planes, he had a helicopter, he had a boat, he had houses in Monaco, Dubai, Singapore, Bahamas. And no, when I say houses, I mean a, like mansions, hotel. This guy loaded, and I was had the privilege of meeting him. We, we crossed paths through some common friends and he came to Malaysia. This is about seven years ago, maybe seven, eight years ago. And he wanted to meet me. I was very nervous. But the one thing you do is when you're about to meet someone that you think you're way out of your league, you act like you do it all the time. It just helps. And uh, so he had hired the top floor of the most expensive hotel in KL and just stayed there, single guy in his mid-50s. And I go in there dressed and uh, ready to say hi and just talk to him, see what he wanted and see what we could do. And we just, so I sat there and um, I remember looking at him and I thought I asked a fairly sensible question, sort of what the question you ask when you meet someone for the first time. So, um, uh, how long are you here for? 
you know, he's come to Malaysia. He, he's a Kiwi who is, you know, Croatian and he's living in wherever he wants to live. And, and, and I just said, how long are you here for? And he just looked at me strange. I think, what's wrong with what I said? And he wasn't rude. He wasn't arrogant at all. He, he just said, yeah, I don't know. I said, sorry? How long are you in Malaysia for? As long as I want to be. See, here's the problem. I was doing the math on how much a room like that would cost per night. Most of us have a thing called budgets. So I'm doing the math going, if I were to have this room, I'd be able to stay here for oh, 35 minutes. And... <laughs> So I just thought it's a sensible question, and I realized this guy just, like, no, then I, so I went deeper. No, but like, when, when did you fly it out? And he just smiled at me, and I'm like, he owns the plane. <laughs> I stopped asking the questions at that point, and just thought I'll listen. And you know, we talked for four hours. It was the most surreal conversation. He wasn't flaunting wealth. He wasn't bragging about anything he had. But I was in the presence of someone who knows no material lack. And so the peace that he carried was tangible in that area. Now, he had other needs. He needed healing. He needed some stuff going on in his world. But... I walked out of there, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie In Time with Justin Timberlake, where, where money is time and it's like the rich people move really slowly. It's like that. And I was like, wow. I walked out of that hotel room after four hours, which I'd never have a meeting with anybody for four hours. And I'm thinking, yeah, I'll leave when I want. Go where I want. And I thought, it was a strange piece. And I thought, if that is how I leave, after being in the presence of a finite human who knows no material lack, how should I leave the presence of God when I'm in the presence of the infinite being who literally owns the cattle on a thousand hills, holds the seas in his hand, owns, puts the stars in their place, how should I feel if I truly give the shepherd his job back? I should walk out knowing I'll never lack because my God is my supplier. He is my provider. Some of us know it in here. We don't know it in here because we haven't spent time in his presence. And you know, just time with a natural person who had no material lack shifted something. And I got challenged. Man, my time with God should leave me feeling completely different. Here's the fruit of what we're about to do now. You should leave this service, leave Rise Conference. You know, whatever God wants to do from this weekend, the worst thing to do is take on the stress and go, we got to make it happen. We got to somehow do this. Just give the shepherd his job back. I promise you, this is not a life of inactivity or apathy. This is a life of changing the world with no stress. Because he's the one leading. He's the one guiding. He's the one directing. He's the one orchestrating. He's the alpha and the omega. He doesn't have a map 
because he is the way. So all you need to do is follow him every step of the way and declare, I'm never lost, I'm never lonely, I'm never late, and I'll never lack because I have a God. He's not a theory. He's not just one day. He's here right now. He's mine. The Lord is my shepherd. Anybody in Richmond can declare, the Lord is my shepherd. I don't know what my future holds, but the Lord is my shepherd. He's my peace. He's my presence. He's my purpose. And He will literally guard me and guide me because He's my provision. Come on, let's stand all over this auditorium. Father, I thank You today that You are. The Lord is. Lord, not what You were, not what You will be, but right now, I thank You that You are our shepherd. You know, I want to pray where you are because time is gone. I want want to pray over people. You're feeling lonely. Maybe there are other people you're feeling lost in terms of where you're at. Some of you are feeling late. You're in a season and you're like, I should be further ahead than where I'm at right now. And some of you are struggling with provision. I'm not here to interview anybody, but I'm here. If any of those four feel you can go, man, that's, I'm feeling the weight of that. I just want you to lift your hands right where you are, and we're going to pray. Because the starting point of this prayer is not me, it's you. It's saying, God, I just give you your job back. I give the shepherd his job. Lord, you're my shepherd. So I can declare with absolute, I can't say this in marriage, but I can say this with you. I'm never lonely. I'm never lost. I'm never late. And I'll never lack. Father, I declare right now over every hand that is raised, just the peace and the presence of Almighty God. Holy Spirit, we give you your job back. Lord, I thank you that your presence makes all the difference. Lord, I'm praying for those who have this sense of fear in their finances and they're struggling right now. Lord, I don't have the answer. You are the answer. So Holy Spirit, the same way I felt leaving that person's apartment, Lord, I pray times a million you will descend upon this people. Lord, for those who are feeling like they're lonely, they're genuinely lonely, God. Father, I pray for the abiding presence that says you will never leave, you will never forsake. You're with them in the good seasons and the bad seasons. I pray, God, for those that are feeling late. Lord, I pray for those whose kids are lost right now. I don't know if some of you, your kids are away from God. I don't know who they are. But I just want to give you the assurance of the shepherd. Give the shepherd his job back. Father, let just the tremendous sense of peace descend upon this auditorium. Even now, even now, even now, even now, even now, even now. You know, it's beautiful. There's a prince prince of God in this room right now. Just, Just yield. Just in your heart, Lord, I give you your job back. Sounds crazy to say it like that, but just say, Lord, you're in charge. You're in charge. You're in charge of my family. You're in charge of my health. You're in charge of my finance. You're in charge of my relationships. You're in charge of my ministry. You're in charge of everything, Lord. 
I give you your job back. Lord, what a joy that I get to follow you. What a joy that I get to trust you. What a joy that I get to walk with you. What a joy through all my fears, failures, and issues. Today, Lord, I surrender it all back to you. The complexity that I can't understand, I surrender it back to you. The timing which no doctor can understand, I send it back to you. Lord, the situation in my friendships, I send it back to you. The complications with my heart, I send it back to you. Lord, how I'm feeling about where I'm at, I send it back to you. So Father, I pray you would not only be the shepherd of each person, but be the shepherd of this church. Be the shepherd of Influence Church. Be the shepherd. Be the chief shepherd. Be the shepherd who leads Bishop Auckland. Be the shepherd that leaves Barnard Castle. Be the shepherd that leaves Penrith. Be the shepherd that leaves this uh, entire church. And everywhere it's been, everywhere it is, and everywhere it's going. Father, I thank you for pastors Ben and Gail. Lord, wonderful shepherds. But God, I pray you would be their chief shepherd. And Lord, we pray that they would have no stress, no anxiety, but just a wonderful sense that you are leading you are guiding and you are directing because Lord, when it's all said and done, we want to see the peace of God on every side, on the front, on the back, on the left, on the right. Father, we just pray right now. We dedicate this house to you, dedicate every family to you. And I thank you, God, that we would change this part of our world and yet do it with such a joy. Do it without the anxiety or the fear because the Lord is our shepherd. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Come on, everybody said? Come on, why don't we give the Lord some praise? Thank you for listening to this podcast from Influence Church. For any more information, visit our website, influencechurch.co.uk. Influence Church empowering you to make a difference in your world for the kingdom of God.